0: Hi, and to all Chinese, a happy new year to all of you. Well, we're still going to have devotions today because I think I'm enjoying it, and I hope you are as well, so no reason to stop. In fact, I think with the free time, it will be even more fun having devotions today. Well, I'll be reading from Matthew chapter 12, verse 1 to 21. Matthew 12, verse 1 to 21. Let's pray. Father, you love us so much. You give us rules, not that our lives should be ruled by them, but that we may find freedom, we may find goodness. Help us, Lord, to understand you even better, the way you are, the things that you do. Father, we may love you even more as we find out how much you love us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 12 verse 1 to 21 At that time Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, "Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath." He answered, "Haven't you read that David did what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread. It was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. Or haven't you read in the law that the priests on Sabbath day in the temple desecrate the Sabbath and yet are innocent? I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the, the innocent, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Going on from that place, he went, Into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus, they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He said to them, If any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, Stretch out to your hand, so he stretched it out, and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. Aware of this, Jesus withdrew from that place. A large crowd followed him, and he healed all who were ill. He warned them not to tell others about him. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Here is my servant whom I have chosen, the one I love in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not quarrel or cry out, no one will hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smouldering wick he will not snuff out, till he has brought justice through to victory. In his name the nations will put their hope. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The disciples of Jesus were out on the fields picking heads of grain. They were clearly working in that sense, technical sense, on the Sabbath. And hence, when the Pharisees saw this, they were upset. Look, these people have just broken the Sabbath laws. They are wrong. Technically speaking, then, they were indeed doing what was wrong. They shouldn't have been harvesting grain on the Sabbath. But the question really is not about whether they did it wrong or not. The question was, what is the purpose of keeping the Sabbath? Is the purpose of keeping the Sabbath that of honouring God? Or is it to rest? Why did God bring out or tell the people to observe the Sabbath? In Mark chapter 2, verse 27, in a similar situation, Probably the same situation. Jesus, Mark records that Jesus said the Sabbath was made for men, and not man for the Sabbath. Now what this means is that the Sabbath was made for man to rest, and not that man must observe the Sabbath to honor God. If the Sabbath was made for man to rest, then breaking the Sabbath by gathering grain would not be a sin. What would be sin is if man exerted himself and therefore could not have time to rest. Now, Sabbath is very important. But it is not important because it is to honour God. It is important because we all need rest. We cannot be working seven days a week. And so God mandated it. God didn't mandate it individually as to say, you've got to observe the Sabbath or I will punish you. Well, God did mandate it that's more for employers and perhaps for parents. You must give your servants, you must give your children a day of rest. And I'd like then to address parents. Many of our, us parents fill our children's calendar seven days a week. It's five days in school and then there's tuition and there's enrichment classes. Well, I must say that enrichment classes are good if your children really enjoy them and they're fun. But I must emphasise the need for a Sabbath. Can you imagine working seven days a week? Well, there are only seven days in one week. Which means that when you work seven days a week, you're not working seven days a week. You're working in a cycle that never ends. You no longer look at a seven-day cycle. You look at a. You can't even say a three-six-five-day cycle. You look at an etern- You are looking at an eternal cycle that has no break. It's not even seven days. It's not three hundred sixty-five days. It's an eternal cycle that has no break. What does that do to our psyche? What does that do to our children's psyche? There is nothing to look forward to. Monday moves into Saturday. And then Sunday is another day of work which moves back into a Monday. There is nothing for your children to look forward to or to rest or to recreate. And that's damaging, whether it's for your children, for yourselves or for your servants and your employees. One cannot work s- seven days a week because there's no such a thing as seven days. It is perpetual. So I, my wife and I, kept that very strictly with our daughter Kimberly. we made sure that she worked six days and actually she worked only five in school but there was at least one day where she could look forward to to rest and that was her day and so initially we chose a Sunday she would come to church with us and after that she was free to do anything she wanted when she was young she chose craft she would do some art and craft not the usual structured stuff but she would take trash bags and cut them into clothes She loved creativity. So we let her do whatever she wanted. We would ask her, what what are you interested in? She would tell us and then we would try our best to let her have it. As she grew older in secondary school, she went out with her friends and she formed a band, girl band with her friends and every Sunday, she would be at the house uh, jamming away. She loved that. But she was very strict about her Sabbath simply because she knew she could not survive without a day of rest. Even when she went overseas to study, she would work six days and on the 7th she would go to church and then after that she would have her gardening. Um, There were these um, community gardens. She would spend the rest of the day gardening or she would spend it with a friend. But it was her day. This was important for her frame of mind, for her sanity. It's the same for us. It's important for our sanity that there be a break every week so that in all that we do we can look forward to that day when you don't have to be responsible you don't have to carry the weight and to keep doing work. You can just rest and do the things that you love. That was what Sabbath was meant to be. Sabbath was made for man not man for the Sabbath. But Jesus went beyond just Sabbath. The examples Jesus gave wasn't about the Sabbath. The example Jesus gave was about David and his men eating the bread that was consecrated, left only for God, for the priests actually. And so when they ate that, it was sin. But what Jesus was saying then is that all of these rules were for the health of people, not the other way. This is important because when we think about it, we have turned a lot of things into rules and made Christianity or made discipleship a thing of guilt. And that is not good at all. The other day among us as, as pastors, we were discussing a question about how would we rate our relationship with Christ. And it started about one pastor confessing that he wasn't doing his quiet time regularly, and then another, and yet another. And it became a confession time of how little we did our quiet time, and each said it with a little bit of shame and lots of guilt. And I was thinking, well, I mean, is it, is there anything to be ashamed of not to read the Bible? Is there anything to be ashamed of not to do your quiet time? Was the quiet time made for us to honour God? Or was it made for us that we might receive healing? that we might receive refreshment, that I do my quiet time as frequent as possible, not because I want to do my duty with God, but simply because I need it so desperately. I need to know God's presence with me and I do my quiet time, I spend my time with devotions because I want to know God so much more. So Jesus said, "No, learn what this means. I would rather have, I desire mercy not sacrifice you know this is the second time jesus said it the first time was when he was in a pub with sinners and the pharisees accused him and he said the same thing learn what this means i desire mercy and not sacrifice you know sacrifice means that we give up something precious for the sake of god we do it to honor god and that's a very noble thought i will give up my sundays to worship god I will give up Sundays to go to church, I will fast, give up food, I will give up my time to think of God, to do my quiet time. But were these things instituted for us to do to honour God? Or were they given to us that we might find pleasure in God? That's a very important question. Because when it talks about God desiring mercy then it means that He wants to give us mercy in one sense but He also wants us to have a different paradigm to have mercy on others. We'll talk about it later in this next story about healing a man whose hand was shriveled. But God never instituted these things for us to do as a duty. He instituted them that we might be revived, that we might find joy, and we might have life abundantly. And so we shouldn't feel guilty when we don't do quiet time. We could feel hungry, we could feel thirsty, but we should never feel guilty that I didn't pray today or you didn't listen to my podcast. And then we come to church attendance. So often we lay it on Christians to, um, You've got to attend our church. And my question is, really? Do you, is this a show of faithfulness? Or is church service that of God wanting to minister to us? And so when we come to church and songs are sung that mean nothing to us, and then the sermon which is completely meaningless as well, and then we walk out of the sanctuary because of COVID, we can't talk to each other, we can't fellowship, and we go straight home. And my question is, For come to church i mean what what is the purpose really when the songs that are sung don't resonate with us when the sermons don't mean anything to us when there's no fellowship is it just a duty that we have to oblige does it not is it not better to go to another church where the songs reflect what's in my heart the sermons teach me something about god and draw me close to god and there is fellowship. I mean, I know that this is sensitive and this is controversial, but let's let's be reasonable. What is at stake here? At stake here is my ability to worship God, my ability to grow, my ability to draw close to God. That is what's at stake. And if going to another church gives you that, I say please go. Not because I don't want you. I would love to have you with me with us. But I would say find a place where you will grow and draw close To God and then you might object and you may say well but this doesn't it build a consumer attitude yes and no if we didn't attend our church simply because one aspect was not good and all the other aspects were good then I say yeah maybe that's a consumer pick and choose but if what is at stake is that you're dying in a church then I say please stay alive I'd rather you stay alive and you find a place where you worship and you really enjoy God and you love God that's not consumerism that's what worship was meant to be you see sometimes we and this is to be honest we don't do our homework and we lay the guilt on those others we don't i don't do my homework and i don't prepare a proper sermon And instead of saying, well, I'm sorry, I should have done a better job in my sermon, I lay it on you and say, why you never come to my church? Why you don't honour God? Why you don't love God? And that's really unfair. You know, when I was working in prison, prisoners don't have that kind of guilt. They vote with their feet. If I blow my sermons, if I give a real lousy sermon a few times and it means nothing to them, it's totally irrelevant, they don't come for chapel anymore, and I get the message. And we then as preachers, as worship leaders, as ushers, we want to do our best. Ushers want to welcome people, make people feel so at home. Worship leaders want people to resonate with God, with the songs that they might truly worship from their hearts. Preachers need to bring God's word in such a way that people are in awe of God. People love God because they know how much God loves them. That's our duty. It's not your duty then to force yourself to come when we don't do our work. Honestly. But you know, this was something that I learned from my lecturer in Asbury, um, David Thompson. I admired him a lot because this is what he said. You don't need to embellish your sermons. The Word of God is so exciting when it's properly taught and interpreted. The Word of God is so exciting that anyone who hears it will resonate with it, would love the Word of God. And he demonstrated that every week. Every week when he came to teach us, he was a he, like, linguistic scholar. He would start with uh, reading a passage, doing a devotion with us in Hebrew. He would read the Hebrew Bible, which well, to me was Greek, But then after he had read the Bible, or while he was reading it, he would give a commentary in English. He would explain what certain phrases were, what certain concepts were. No embellishment, no great jokes, no funny man stories. He would just tell us what it meant. (laughs) You know, I found myself every week sobbing as he explained the word of God. Sobbing, not to sorrow, but so full of awe and so full of emotion and joy and gratitude. When I heard of what God was, how God behaved, how God loved His people, how God's heart pined for His people, it made me cry and weep when I discovered such new things about God. Strange, isn't it? When we think that the Word of God is boring and that we don't, and then our sermons are inspired, uninspired. What's most important is we bring out the truth about the Bible, the truth about God. And that is so refreshing. And so we must bear this in mind that all these things, Bible reading, prayer, fasting, journaling at church attendance, is to draw us to God and make us love God more. And honestly, if you find reading the Bible boring, talk to me. Don't be ashamed. Talk to me. We'll find a way. Um, God very much wants you to understand him and there's no shame in saying I actually don't understand the word of God. Just come email me and then we can have a conversation. Maybe it's the way we look at the word of God. Maybe I got explain to you another perspective of how to look at the word of God. But I really want you to know God. So it's no imposition on me. Sometimes you think don't pi, pi- say, you know, don't disturb Pastor. Hey if I don't help you to draw near to God I got no job. Okay? So Please email me and ask me questions. and I could help you to draw close to God. But that is the purpose. If you don't find church edifying, it's my job, it's our job, to help you to know God. You know, after that, Jesus went on for healing. When he went to heal a man with a withered hand, And again the Pharisees said, But today is a Sabbath, you can't heal the man. Jesus said, Well, Sabbath is to do good. And of course he gave the example, if your sheep were to fall down and hurt itself, wouldn't you pick the sheep up? Well, God loves your sheep more than he God loves each person far more than he loves your sheep. So if it's okay for you to rescue your sheep, it's okay for me to heal another person. Now this is a perspective also about what we do with our resources. Do we give our resources as a matter of tithing, let's say tithing and offering, do we give it out of a matter of obligation or because we see a need as well? I tell you, if you were to see 10 hungry people and you want to use the tithe to feed the 10 hungry people, you wish you could give more, right? But maybe your salary is limited. Well. I'd so much rather you feed those 10 hungry people. In fact, God treats the tithe very lightly, You know, not the way we do. He said, if you don't live in Jerusalem, what do you do? You take that tithe and throw a party. Throw a party to the poor, throw the party to your neighbours, and you yourself enjoy it. Even the tithe is used for mercy. The tithe is used to help those who are poor, those who are needy. We do things not so much as a sacrifice, but we do it out of mercy, out of goodness. You know, just to give you an idea of how God looks at life and looks at people, it's not the way we have taught it that we do things as a sacrifice to God. God sees us so differently. In verse 20, it says, A bruised reed he will not break, and the smoldering wick he will not snuff out. Until the final day when he brings out justice. When you think about a bruised reed, you think about this nice lalang that has been cut into, cut a little already, that is bending because it's broken. And our impulse, especially if you're a gardener, is to break it off and throw it away because it's half dead. And God says even when it's half dead, he's not going to kill it. A smouldering wick. Wick, that a f- candle fire that's almost gone, might as well just put it out of its misery. <clears throat> and even a smoldering wick, God will not snuff out. Think of that analogy. Think of then what God's attitude is towards you. He knows your burdens, He knows how heavily laden you are, and He's not going to break you. Many of our rules tend to break us, makes us more stressed, it makes us more guilty. And the more guilt we feel, the more broken we are. God doesn't want to break you. God wants to restore your life, to give you hope, to give you joy. If you ever felt guilty about not reading the Bible, if you ever felt guilty about not coming to church, you've got it all wrong. Church is where you come to enjoy God and to know God's love for you and to love God in return. Bible is there for you to read and to know God and to enjoy God. You may say then, well, mainly you're hedonist, you just love enjoyment. Actually, not. Because if we enjoy ourselves doing our own thing, then yes, that would be wrong, that would be hedonism, that would be selfish. But if you did the things of God, if your enjoyment is to know God better, what, you want to know God but hate the job of knowing God? What are we saying? If we want to know God, the best way of knowing God is to enjoy knowing God, isn't it? Isn't that what God wants? For us to enjoy ourselves on good, wholesome things? I think we frown on enjoyment because often we talk about enjoying things that are bad enjoy gossip, enjoy pornography, enjoy lying. I mean, those of course. But it's not the enjoyment that's a problem. It's the things that you enjoy about that's the problem. But if you were to enjoy God, if reading the Bible brings you enjoyment, that's the best thing that could ever happen to you. If coming to church brings you enjoyment, that's the best thing that could happen to you. And If you can find a church, where coming to church brings joy and enjoyment, that's the best thing that you could find. God doesn't want to lay another burden on you or to break you when you are exhausted. He wants to restore you, weak as we are. And He wants to give us life. And so, when you have your Chinese New Year, enjoy yourselves. And if you forgot to listen to this podcast and you listened to it on Saturday, well, no guilt. Hope you had a great day. Chinese New Year celebration. Let us pray. Father, the things that we learn about you surprise us. That you're not a legalistic God, you don't lay burdens on us. You don't insist that we keep the Sabbath sadly and painfully. You don't insist that we do anything sadly and painfully. You want us to rest on the sabbath because it is so good for us you want us to read the bible and to pray because man it refreshes us and brings us so much joy you want us to gather together in church so that we can be edified and we can edify each other and come out of Sunday onto Monday and say my goodness I'm so refreshed because God you don't you won't even break a bruised reed, a snuff out, a smouldering candle. Father, you are more merciful than we could ever think of. When I think about a bruised reed, wanting to break the bruised reed, and you, God, you, who have so many billions of reeds around, and you won't even break one. You have billions of people there And not one person is dispensable to you. I am not dispensable to you. Neither are my brothers and sisters here dispensable to you. And you wouldn't lose us for the sake of obeying one rule. Rather, God, you you take all the rules that we might be restored to you. Help us, Lord, to understand this truth that we may always rejoice in you and always enjoy you being with us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you have a really good Lunar New Year today. And if you are not celebrating Lunar New Year, well, I hope you have a great time resting, watching TV, spending time with family, just enjoying yourself. Chill, yeah? Well, God bless Goodbye. See you on Sunday. Oh yeah, one thing. I must say, do come on for Sunday service. <laughs> I must still emphasize that, but not as a duty. I think the Holy Communion really does something to us as we remember what God did to sacrifice to us for us. But one other thing, I'm going to make a very important announcement on Sunday uh, that will maybe excite many of you. So do come and we will start off and have a great Sunday. See you then. Bye.